Basketball was originated in America in 1891 and has taken tremendous strides. Careful study of the basic skills involved and good teaching of basketball fundamentals have been largely responsible for its great popularity. One of the most important of these fundamentals is ball handling. It involves catching the ball, holding it, passing, faking, feinting, dribbling the ball, and shooting. This planned offensive action combines all these skills and shows the effectiveness of good ball handling. The man with the ball, number eight, fakes to number 34, but passes to number 12. Eight cuts by him, screening the play. 12 bounces the ball once and passes to 34, who fakes a return pass, but instead gives the ball to number eight for a shot at the basket. He shoots! He scores! Eat, sleep, links, repeat. Boom, let's party! your brain big enough. Welcome. This is the Atari Lynx Handicast. This is episode 15, Basket Brawl. And here once more is the captain of the game, the center of the court, and the king of the hoops, Mark Little. Well, thank you, Monty, for that warm, if not outrageously fictional introduction. You see, um, I don't play basketball. I'm too short. Now, I did play horse a lot with my friends as a teenager, back when my height was more or less on an equal standing with them. Uh, do you play basketball, Monty? Basketball is not really my style. I prefer sports that are named after vegetables. Hmm, so I would guess that you probably like pickleball, don't you? No, not pickleball. I prefer squash. Aha! Well, Monty, you only need to wait for one more episode before we cover that game on the Handicast. Until then, let's go ahead and dribble right into today's game, part number PA2034, Basket Brawl, released by Atari Corp. in May of 1992. Like a basketball to me. I ever put that basketball underneath my 
Statistics. Basketball was originally scheduled for release in December of 1991, according to the January 1991 issue, number 30, of GamePro magazine, but the game was not released to the stores until May of 1992. Unfortunately, I was unable to determine the initial retail price of the game when it went on sale. Basketball is a 256-kilobyte mono curved-lip style cartridge. It is a side-viewed two-dimensional sports action game for one player or for two players playing cooperatively using the Comlinks cable. The screen play field orientation for Basketball on the links is landscape or horizontal. It is based on the game Basketball, which was originally released on the Atari 7800 in 1990. Apart from the 7800 and the links, Basketball was also ported to the Plex Arcade in 2021. There are 15 levels, or 5 matches of 3 games each, each accessible with a 4-letter code. I've provided a link in the links links in the show notes to the complete list of level jump codes. Packaging The carton for Basketball is a regular-sized, full-color, standard flap tab-style carton, 5 and 3 8 inches high by 4 and 3 8 inches wide by 7 8 inches deep. The front of the Basketball carton looks like this. The background is black. Covering most of the carton cover is the cover art, outlined in a red frame. The cover art consists of a fairly accurate top-down close-up action view of an angry basketball player with brown hair, wearing a red jersey and white shorts, jumping up towards the hoop at the lower left of the artwork. The player is attempting a layup by guiding a basketball that sports an Atari Fuji logo into the basket. At the same time, the player is trying to shield himself from two other players, following him closely behind both wearing aggressive expressions, one of them is even attempting to swing a steel chain at him. In the background are two other players, one at the upper right running and threatening the players with nunchucks, the other at the upper left angrily pointing at the ensuing action. Behind the pointing player are two old-style steel trash cans, one of them overturned and spilling out garbage. Cracks in the cement can be viewed in the background as well, and the whole scene evokes a typical inner-city basketball court. There is an artist's signature positioned just below the basketball, but I can't quite make out the name. It begins with an M, and it could possibly spell out Morris. Not sure, though. Straddling the cover art at the bottom and surrounded by a red frame is the standard Atari Lynx cartouche. Below the Lynx logo within the cartouche are the words Video Game Card Carte de Jeu in white block letters. Superimposed at the top of the cover art is the title, Basketball, in large capital block lettering, yellow in color, with each letter outlined in black. A small TM or trademark can be seen just to the upper right of the title. Beneath the cover art, at the lower left corner of the carton, is the Atari Fuji logo and name in white, with a small white circle R, or registered trademark, just to the right of the name. 
Finally, straddling the bottom right corner of the carton cover art is the standard yellow Comlinks triangular banner with one to two players links up in black lettering within the triangle angled upwards at 45 degrees. The back of the basketball carton is laid out like this. The background is white. Most of the back cover is enclosed within a red frame box. Straddling the box frame at the top is the title in yellow as it appears on the front cover. Within the box are two left and right screenshots near the top, also outlined in red. Both screenshots show playfield views of the game, taking place on a mostly blue basketball court with chain link fencing. The left screenshot shows the caption, He's hurting and a health number of 7 in the status bar, with 525 left on the clock at the top. The right screenshot has no caption but indicates a health number of 5 and 120 left on the clock at the top. Beneath the two screenshots is the following paragraph. Vinny and Slash are bleeding from knife wounds and the ref is out cold. No wonder the gang members nicknamed this game Basket Brawl. To them, it's not a game, it's a street fight. Beneath this paragraph are four other paragraphs, each of which translates the English paragraph into French, German, Italian, and Spanish. The French and Italian paragraphs are displayed entirely in bold font. Straddling the bottom of the red frame box is a small version of the standard gray and black cartouche with the words video game card in white block letters below the Lynx logo. At the lower left of the carton is the Atari Fuji logo and name in black with a small black circled R indicating a registered trademark just to the right of the name. At the bottom center of the carton is the Basketball Atari, Atari logo, Lynx and Comlynx copyright information followed by printed in Hong Kong, made in China. Finally, at the bottom right of the carton back is displayed the official seal of the FBI, bracketed at the top by the usual phrase, winners don't use drugs, and at the bottom with the name William S. Sessions, director, FBI, blah, blah, blah. Printed on the top flap of the carton, next to the title and part number, is the CE mark. Now, I had seen the rounded stylized C and E mark on products for years, but I had to look up what it is and what it means. CE stands for Conformité European A, and please forgive my French. According to the CE marketing website, a CE mark is a symbol that must be affixed to many products before they can be sold on the European market. The mark indicates that a product does these things. It fulfills the requirements of relevant European product directives. It meets all of the requirements of the relevant recognized European harmonized performance and safety standards and is fit for its purpose and will not endanger lives or property. Interesting. Living in the U.S. means we don't see that symbol as readily as European shoppers do. In any case, below the CE mark is printed Importutature Atari France, 79 Avenue Louis Rocher, 92238, Jean Villiers, Uh Again, please excuse my French. Inside the top left tab of my carton is CA400421-034 and C398401-034. My carton does not include the clock face date or the GC printing house numbers on the bottom right tab, as did the cartons for most of the other Lynx games I've covered so far. My thinking is that this convention had probably been abandoned by Atari by mid-1992, because it's likely that Atari had moved on to another printing company for their cartons and manuals by then. Finally, the bottom flap includes a UPC barcode with the numbers 0-77000-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0
5043-6. And if any of my listeners have basketball cartons that have different information on the tabs or flaps, please let me know. The manual. The instruction manual for basketball is a multi-language, stapled, regular-sized booklet in monochrome, measuring the usual 4 and 7 eighths inches high by 3 and 3 quarters inches wide. It consists of 44 pages, including the front and back covers. It was written by veteran Lynx manual writer Scott Rhodes. More from him in the listener feedback segment coming up. The background of the basketball manual cover is black, with the cover art surrounded by a white frame taking up most of the page. The cover art is a monochrome version of the carton cover art. Above the cover art at the top are the words Game Manual, Manuel de Jeu, and Spielhandbuch on the left, and Manuele Giacco and Manuel de Juego on the right. Straddling the bottom of the cover art frame is the standard Atari Lynx cartouche with the words Video Game Card, Carte de Jeu beneath. Finally, the Atari Fuji logo and name are positioned in the bottom left corner of the cover in white. Inside the front cover are two paragraphs of Basketball, Atari, Atari logo, Lynx and Comlinx copyright info and accuracy boilerplate at the bottom of the page. The rest of the page is blank. The next page after that, labeled as page one and titled as Lynx Basketball at the top, includes the following paragraph under the heading Battle for the Hoop. When city leaders started a basketball league to try to stop gang warfare, they never expected to see plays like this. Slash takes the ball and passes to Bubba. Bubba dribbles down court, but loses the ball when he is hit by a knife thrown from the sideline. Vinny grabs the loose ball. Slash punches Vinny, but Vinny manages to pass to Simon. Simon aims for the basket and shoots, but a well-timed kick to the head by Bubba sends the shot wide. Vinny gets the rebound after knocking Slash out cold. He shoots. The basketball bounces off the bent rim, hits the backboard, and drops for two points. Beneath this paragraph and on through to most of page two are getting started instructions. Playing the game instructions begin at the bottom of page two and continue on to the middle of page five. The bottom half of page five includes strategies for playing the game, and page six includes details about scoring. Pages 7 through 14 include the same instructions and copyright info translated into French. Pages 15 through 21 include the same instructions and copyright info translated into German. Page 22 is blank. Page 23 through 29 include the same instructions and copyright info translated into Italian. Page 30 is blank. Page 31 through 37 include the same instructions and copyright info translated into Spanish. Pages 38 and 39 include 10 screenshots from the game in monochrome. These screenshots are referred to within the instructions for each of the five languages. Pages 40 and 41 are blank. The back cover is mostly blank, except for the Atari Fuji logo and name at the bottom left. Beneath that logo, copyright 1992 Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California, 94089-1302, all rights reserved. On the bottom right corner of the back cover is printed C398105-034, Revision A, printed in Hong Kong. And as far as I can determine, the only instruction manual ever released for the Lynx version of Basketball was this worldwide booklet with parallel verbiage in English, French, German, Italian, and Spanish. (laughs) 
the Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. Next Tuesday on The White Shadow. I'm supposed to head a fundraising drive. Coach Reeves may be in over his head as he tries to get sports stars to come to Carver. Join Rosie Greer, basketball's Elgin Baylor, baseball manager Sparky Anderson, Jimmy J.J. Walker, and more guests. The White Shadow next Tuesday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. Basketball was developed by Hamilton and Associates. This game is the only one they created for the Atari Lynx. It was programmed by David Axt and John Hamilton. This game was David Axt's only game. However, John Hamilton programmed several other games between 1992 and 2002, and he designed Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius in 2002 for the GameCube and for the PlayStation 2. Basketball was his first game for any system, and it was also his only Atari Lynx game. Artwork for Basketball was completed by Jennifer Hamilton, Rob Mariani, and Vu Nguyen. Jennifer Hamilton, also known by the name Jen May Hamilton, provided artwork and animation for several games, beginning in 1992 with the Lynx version of Basketball. She still works in the industry today. In addition to today's game, Rob Mariani also provided graphics for the Lynx games Turbo Sub and Ishido The Way of Stones in 1991, Lynx Casino and Batman Returns in 1992, and he co-wrote Toki for the Lynx in 1992. And Vu Nguyen also provided art and world-building graphics for many of the EverQuest games and sequels between 1999 and 2010. Basketball was the only game he ever worked on. Matt Scott provided the music for Basketball. He also composed music for the Lynx titles Zybots, Turbo Sub, Stun Runner, and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in 1991, for Steel Talons, Pit Fighter, and Hydra in 1992, and he co-wrote the music for Toki for the Lynx in 1992. Craig Erickson was listed as the producer for Basketball. In addition to this game, he also produced Robo Squash, which is next month's game on the Handicast, in 1990, and he also produced Lynx Casino in 1992. He also provided Lynx art for the 1992 title Pit Fighter, he served as the director for the Lynx game Ishido The Way of Stones in 1991, and he designed the original concept for the 1992 Lynx game Kung Fu. Special thanks were given in the credits of Basketball to Steve Rhino. Rhino had a long career going back to 1989, serving as producer, executive producer, director of product development, and in various vice president positions on many games and with several companies, including THQ Incorporated and TDK Media Active Incorporated. He produced Scrapyard Dog for the Lynx in 1991, directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure on the Lynx in 1991, and he received credited thanks on two other Lynx titles, APB in 1991 and Hydra in 1992. And that completes my coverage of the credits for Basketball. Thank you.
Sorry Links Handycast will return after this podcast promotion. Hey you, what ya doing man? So let's say you want to relive the days of your youth. Well, we have a cure for that. Especially if you're in your 40s and 50s. Zerpinger's 8289 podcast is a recorded journal dedicated to the history of the 80s. It features all the news, music, movies, technology, and even some show and tell from the 80s. Find it at zerpinger.wordpress.com And for you Apple Freaks on iTunes as well. Yay! Boy am I excited! Playing the game. Object of the game. Well, per the manual, the objective in basketball is to become the baddest gang in the town by winning the basketball tournament. To win the tournament, you must play three games against each of the five gangs in your city. Each time you move up to the next gang, you will play a team with more players and more dangerous weapons. Each game lasts six minutes. To win a game, you must outscore your opponent by shooting more baskets. Each basket is worth two points. If the game is tied after six minutes, the first team to score wins. After the basketball card is inserted into the links, the silent title screen appears. It shows three young basketball players, one player standing on the left, one standing on the right, and one sitting cross-legged in the middle. All of them appear to be positioned on a concrete sidewalk in front of a graffiti-laden brick wall. The title, Basketball, is superimposed near the top of the brick wall in large capital yellow lettering with a small white TM, or trademark, at the upper right of the L. Superimposed across the bottom is Copyright 1992 Atari Corp, All Rights Reserved, all in small white lettering. After just one or two seconds, the title screen goes black, then immediately reappears to begin the title screen animation. At this point, the catchy title music begins. During this sequence, a basketball is thrown from off-screen at the lower right, hitting the left player in his stomach, and he crumples down to the concrete. As the title music continues to play, the game credits appear in successive screens, superimposed over the brick wall. When they finish, the screen fades to black, and the demo mode begins with a view of the basketball court surrounded by chain-link fencing. 
Two players play one-on-one -on, -one on the court for about 30 seconds before the demo ends and the title screen returns, along with the title music. If no button is pressed, this sequence of title screen and demo mode will cycle indefinitely. Pressing either the A or B button changes the screen to the player select screen. The player select screen includes a small headshot of one of 10 different players at the upper left, along with his name in capital yellow lettering at the top right, all against a light gray background. Underneath the character's name are the attributes for that player in four different aspects, power, skill, speed, and life. Each attribute in yellow lettering is followed by one of three levels in red lettering, low, high, or okay. Beneath these attributes is a two to four line description of the player in capital yellow lettering. At the bottom of the screen in small black capital lettering can be seen joypad left to right to change and A or B button when done. The title music continues to cycle during the player select screen until a choice is made. The players, well, there are 10 characters. Here they are, along with their individual attributes from which a player can choose to play basketball. Simon, red-haired white geek with glasses. Power, low. Skill, okay. Speed, high. Life, okay. A real nerd, he prefers homework to playing basketball. Slash, a black Mr. T type with a blue mohawk. Power, okay. Skill, okay. Speed, low. Life, high. They don't call him Slash for nothing. This guy has an attitude. Biff, a light-skinned black man with orange hair and sunglasses. Power, low. Skill, high. Speed, okay. Life, okay. He's a real snob, but he does great when he shoots the dot hoops dot. I think the extraneous period was an error. Slam, bald, dark-skinned black man. Power, high. Skill, okay. Speed, low. Life, okay. This guy likes bashing heads. Look out when he's on the court. Vinny, Latino dude with an Elvis hairstyle. Power, okay. Skill, high. Speed, okay. Life, low. This dude deals in cement sneakers. The other team better watch out. Buster. Black man with scraggly hair and scars. Power, okay. Skill, high. Speed, low. Life, okay. Busting people up is what he likes best. Dude. Tanned white man with blonde dreadlocks and sunglasses. Power, okay. Skill, okay. Speed, okay. Life, okay. He'd rather be surfing, but someone stole his board. Butch, angry-looking black man with a fade haircut on the side. Power, high. Skill, high. Speed, low. Life, low. He never runs from a fight when he's in a game. Pain is his middle name. Lee, an Asian man with a blue headband. Power, low. Skill, high. Speed, high. Life, low. He got kicked out of karate class for being too rough. And finally, Bubba, heavy bald black man with a beard. Power, high. Skill, low. Speed, low. Life, high. This is one big bad dude. He may be slow, but his punches sure hurt. The first character shown upon entering the player's select screen seems to be displayed at random, but most of the time, the first one indicated during my play sessions was either Simon or Buster. In any case, after a character is chosen using the A or B button, the level start screen begins as the title music continues. The level start screen. The directions press A or B to start or enter the starting level code appear across the light gray background in capital yellow lettering with a four letter field at the bottom in black that allows the player to enter the level jump code. Once the code is entered, the screen is replaced 
with the settings screen. The settings screen. Well, for each of the five gang levels, a profile of a city streetscape appears along the top of the screen. From left to right, this streetscape includes a large green tree, a red schoolhouse with a flagpole, a gray mid-rise building, a brown factory with smokestacks, a small alleyway, a light gray mid-rise, a brown low-rise building, a dark gray high-rise, a small blue house, an orange high-rise, a run of chain-link fence, a low-rise brown building, an empty street, and a traffic light. A yellow arrow points down at the setting or location for the current gang level. Beneath this streetscape, against a light gray background, in capital yellow lettering is a message that tells you what to expect from the team you will play. At the bottom, in small black lettering, is A or B button to continue. Here are the five gang level titles and descriptions seen on these screens. Level 1-1, Schoolboys. Don't let their looks fool you, these pupils major in pain. The yellow arrow is pointing down at the red schoolhouse on the left. Level 2-1, Alley Cats. Expect some scratches if you mess with these cats. The yellow arrow is pointing down at an alley between the brown factory building and the light gray mid-rise at the center left of the streetscape. Level 3-1, High Tops. They're too cool to play the streets, but watch out, it's a long way down. The yellow arrow is pointing to the roof of the dark gray high-rise at the top center of the streetscape. Level 4-1, Junkyard Dogs. With these dogs, their bite is worse than their bark. The yellow arrow is pointing at the run of chain-link fence at the center right of the streetscape. And level 5-1, the hoods, the baddest of the dudes. These all-stars will make you see stars. The yellow arrow is pointing to the empty street between the brown low-rise building and the traffic light at the far right of the streetscape. The sublevel screens. On the next screen, the streetscape is replaced with the gang level and sublevel number at the top, along with the four-letter level code. Beneath this heading is an animated headshot of that level's opponent who mouths words that are spelled out below in capital yellow lettering against a light gray background. Again, at the bottom in small black lettering is the A or B button to continue. The phrase shown seems to be chosen randomly from a selection of several taunting phrases. Here are the phrases I saw during different game playing sessions. My sister plays better than you. We taught you a lesson in pain. We don't play with wimps. Hey, you got a death wish? What a bunch of wimps. You want to play? Don't make me laugh. The old people live down the street. Are we too tough for you? Go cry to your mom. There are many other phrases that appear randomly. After hitting the A or B button, the game itself begins with six minutes on the clock, which is seen superimposed in white numbers over the screen at the top center as it counts down to zero. The screen shows a basketball court against one of five different backgrounds, depending on the gang level. There is a light gray status bar across the bottom of the screen. This bar displays a tiny headshot of your player or the opposing player at the lower left corner next to that player's current health status, a number between five and nine based on the player's life attributes in yellow. During each one-on-one game, several short snarky phrases, ostensibly yelled at you from your opponent, appear at different times across the center of the gray status bar in black lettering. The points scored by each player is superimposed at the upper left and right corners of the screen. The score's color matches that of the respective player's shirt. Gameplay. While the game is a one-on-one version of basketball in which each player takes turns dribbling up and down the court with the ball. 
in an attempt to get close enough to his own hoop to shoot and score two points. During the game, each player can attempt to foul the opponent to gain control of the ball. This results in a lot of fights among the teams, especially in later levels. Here are the controls used in playing basketball. Pressing pause pauses the game. Pressing the pause button a second time will resume the play. Holding down the option one allows you to drop an item. Pressing the option one and the pause button at the same time will restart the game. Pressing the option two button will toggle the sound on and off. Pressing the option two and the pause button at the same time will flip the screen. Pressing the A button while playing defense punches your opponent or allows the player to use a weapon. Quickly tapping the A button while playing offense shoots a basket. Holding down the A button while playing offense passes the ball to a teammate. Pressing the B button while playing defense kicks your opponent. And pressing the B button while playing offense performs a power throw at your opponents. While playing basketball, objects will appear on the court. These objects, called power-ups, will help the player who picks them up. There are five types of power-ups. Milk, which increases your health. Lightning bolt, which increases your shooting skill. A fist, which increases your power so you can do more damage in brawls and can shoot farther. A heart, which increases your life level and thus your stamina. And finally, a sneaker, which increases your speed. The power-ups stay with you during each court level, but their effects are erased when you move up to the next court. Weapons also appear in each court. The weapons become more dangerous as you progress through the tournament. You can use a weapon to injure your opponent, but you cannot hold a weapon while you control the ball. You can also injure your opponent by throwing the ball at him. This is called the power throw. Although power throws hurt your opponent, you should be careful. When you throw the ball at your opponent, you risk losing control of the ball. To use a power throw, hold down the B button. The player you throw the ball at flashes red. While holding down the B button, you can use the D-pad to select a different target, then release the B button to throw the ball. Health. As your player takes hits from an opponent, his health will decrease. When the health rating at the bottom left of the screen reaches zero, the player falls unconscious to the ground. When a player is knocked out, his body becomes an obstacle on the court. You must go around the body to get to the ball and to the basket. Players remain unconscious for a limited amount of time. Then they return to the action. If you knock your opponent out, take advantage of the situation and score as many points as you can while the other guy is down. To recover faster, rapidly press and release the A or B button. When the player is down, you will see his recovery meter on the bottom of the screen. Other dangers. Opposing players are not the only dangers in basketball. A member of another gang roams the near sideline and throws knives at the players. These knives can severely injure an innocent player. Also note that there is a referee. Although there are no penalty shots in basketball, the ref will walk onto the court when somebody does something wrong, or if he just feels like it, and will start to pound a player. Of course, you can also knock out the ref. Scoring. Each basket is worth two points. The team to score the most points in a six-minute game wins. If the game is tied after six minutes, the first team to score wins. At the end of the game, players receive an overall score. This score consists of four parts. Bonus points. There are 10 points awarded for each basket you score. Extra bonus points. There are 10 points awarded for each game point above your opponent's score. Level bonus points, where extra points are awarded based on the level you complete. And brawl bonus points, where points are awarded for each player that you knock out. Bonus points are a good way to see how well or how poorly you play. 
The best gauge of success, however, is completing levels. Strategy. Here are some strategy tips from the basketball manual for playing the game. There are no rules in basketball. It is truly a free-for-all. Do whatever you have to do to score more points than your opponent. Remember, while you are busy pounding on a player to put him on the floor, his teammate may score. You can't just win by knocking the other guy out. You have to score points. Pound the other guy when you get the chance, but don't forget to shoot some hoops. Always try to get the power-ups. The last thing you need is a stronger opponent. Don't be afraid to pass to your teammate if you have one. Ball hogs do not win games. Besides, if you get your teammate mad enough, he may beat you up. Level end. At the end of each six-minute game, a buzzer will sound. And if you fail to score more points in that level than your opponent, pressing the A or B button will take you back to the title screen and the game starts over. If, however, you've scored more points than your opponent when time runs out, a caption in white letters appears across the screen saying, Homeboys win. Then a gray background screen appears with yellow block lettering informing you that you won level so-and-so, followed by the gang level and sub-level numbers. Below that is your total score for the session so far, followed by a breakdown of the points you've earned in the point bonus, extra bonus, level bonus, and brawl bonus categories. These points are tallied and added to your total score. At the bottom of the screen in smaller black letters is A or B button to continue. The gray sub-level screen then appears, providing the level 4 letter jump code, along with another snarky comment from an animated headshot of the gang leader. Game end. If you make it to level 5-3 and win that game, the score is tallied and then fades out. A new screen appears and the game 1 music begins. At the bottom of the screen, in smaller black letters, is A or B button to continue. This screen shows an animated headshot of the first gang leader mouthing the caption in yellow lettering, I guess we underestimated you. This screen is replaced with the second gang leader saying, You taught us a lesson in pain. The third gang leader then appears saying, I feel like a wimp. The fourth gang leader mouths the caption, You were too much for us. And the fifth gang leader says, Nobody ever beat us before. Then the screen displays the text, Congratulations! You did it! You're the baddest dude on the block. This screen fades out to a scene showing your character standing on a makeshift stage in front of a graffiti-laden brick wall with five players in the foreground kneeling on the pavement in front and bowing to your character with their arms raised. We're not worthy! worthy. We're not worthy! You're worthy, you're worthy, get up! The words Game Over in white capital letters appear superimposed over the animated sequence, followed by the final score. 
then the game ends. So, dribble the ball up and down the court, shoot or lay up when you can, and punch, kick, and generally maim your opponent to a pulp while scoring points on the board. And that is how you play basketball. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. I like Lynx. The screen is bigger. I like Lynx. More can play at the same time. Lynx has 16 pies. I mean beats. I like Game Boy. Three out of four characters prefer Lynx. Buy Lynx now. Get NFL game free. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Information about children with this disease is limited, but they are known to have had mild symptoms. Many organizations are responding accordingly, depending upon their area. It's best to stay home and away from others, especially when sick, and continue following healthy hand wash guidelines, covering mouth and nose and not touching your face or high-touch surfaces. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces regularly, and for more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. Reviews and ratings. The reviews for Basketball, both contemporary to its original release and afterwards, were less than stellar, with one notable exception. Keep in mind that links to all of the reviews I outline here for Basketball can be found in the links links in the show notes. Here are the reviews that I found for Basketball. A preview of several basketball video games on page 52 of the May 1992 issue, number 33, of Game Pro Magazine describes Basketball this way. You can call this cart a brother, or perhaps a cousin twice removed, of arch-rivals. Basketball is more of a beat-em-up than a put-it-up. You'll fare better slicing and dicing your opponent. During the game, grab power-ups, weapons, and other helpful icons, or call to the sidelines for help from the neighborhood bully. Make sure your health insurance is paid up. You'll need it in this game. A preview of Basketball for the links on page 129 of the May 1992 issue, number 34, of Electronic Gaming Monthly Magazine begins this way. What is the point of winning if you cannot even punish your opponents for losing? Well, you will never have a problem with that here, because punishment is the name of the game. Enter the streets of a rough and tumble neighborhood where pain comes before pleasure. Not only will your basketball skills be tested, but your street brawling abilities will be tested to the max. The review crew in the June 1992 issue, number 35, of Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine gave these assessments of basketball. Steve gave the game a 4 out of 10 rating, saying, A great idea that is poorly put together, ending up as a choppy sports game that can't make up its mind what it wants to be or how the fighting should impact play. Ed gave the game a rating of 5 out of 10, saying, In concept, this game has a lot going for it. Unfortunately, I couldn't get it down pat, and this hurt the gameplay. It really does turn into a brawl after a while, but that's about it. Martin gave Basketball a 4 out of 10 rating, saying, I was very disappointed. This cart leaves plenty to be desired and shows little effort from the big A. And Sushi X also gave the game a rating of 4 out of 10, saying, This is a cart that is 
meant to be so much more. Variety is non-existent, but the underlying humor is a plus. Just try going after the crowd and you'll see what I mean. An unnamed writer on page 127 of the November 1992 issue, number 40, of ST Format magazine, gave Basketball 36% out of 100%, saying, Curious concept, this. Street Fighter meets Michael Jordan. Basketball is unlikely to hold your interest for too long. This basketball game is dull and repetitive. Avoid at all costs. Veteran writer Robert A. Jung's 1992 review, found at atariarchives.org, ends with this verdict. Basketball takes an idea loaded with potential, then removes most of the excitement by combining weak sports action and weak combat action. The only thing to do is to wait a while longer for an authentic basketball game. Link's owners may be eager for sports titles, but they're not desperate. Well, unfortunately, another basketball title for the Lynx has yet to come out, Robert. Jung gives the gameplay 4 out of 10, graphics 4 out of 10, and sound 5 out of 10, and he gives basketball an overall rating of 4 out of 10. Keita Aida, in a 1995 review of Basketball at Atari HQ, summarized the game by saying, While the concept shows lots of potential, Atari would have been better served by first separately working on a decent basketball game and a fighter, and no, pit fighter doesn't count, or anything that would be more exciting than basketball. Keita gives the game 4 out of 10 across the board for graphics, sound, and gameplay, with an overall rating of 4 out of 10 as well. Casket Dark Fire provided this summary for the game in a 2002 review of Basketball at Game FAQs. For those of you who collect Lynx games, you may want to leave this one alone until you've collected everything else. Those of you who are looking to keep a good tab on the Lynx games and want to see what this one is all about, you may be able to find it on eBay for a reasonable price, if not dirt cheap. However, if you're a basketball purist and you've got some NBA games under your belt as well as a liking for those games, then you might as well stay away. Basketball is one of those games that seems to have been knocked out somewhere on the mid-court line and then trampled on in the mad dash for some NBA jam. He gives the game an overall rating of 4 out of 10. Matt Paprocki, in a 2005 review at Digital Press, provided this assessment of Basketball, saying this, Failing to provide either the basket or the brawl that the title insinuates is included, Basketball is a mess. The combination of different gameplay mechanics fails simply because neither of them is actually fun. Of the few sports titles on the links, this is hardly the one worth playing. Combine this with the blocky graphics, the court is nice at times, and playing this is as painful as anything that happens to the players. The idea was done better by arch-rivals a few years previous, though minus the weapons. This Lynx exclusive only made NBA Jam that much more appealing when it was released. Matt gives the graphics 5 out of 10, sound 2 out of 10, and gameplay 2 out of 10, giving Basketball an overall rating of 2 out of 10. At Defunct Games, John Huxley, in his 2007 review of Basketball, gave the game a grade of D, saying this, Basketball comes across as nothing more than a poorly executed arch-rivals knockoff, but without the sense of humor that made the latter so enjoyable. Even when the game tries to liven things up by throwing blurbs at you like you or he's hurting up on the screen, it still falls flat. As expected, the eternally negative video game critic in his 2012 review of Basketball gave the game a grade of D+, saying... The physics are ridiculous, so the ball moves in a herky-jerky manner. 
There's no jumping, and that means no dunking and no rebounding. I'm starting to understand why the NBA didn't license basketball. I'm all for mindless fun, but I prefer a little more fun with my mindlessness. For once, I'm inclined to agree with the video game critic. Here's the notable exception. John McQueen, in his 2018 review of Basketball on AtariGamer.com, gave the game a generous overall rating of 7 out of 10. Here's his summary. In all, Basketball is a fun game that I'd recommend to both sports and non-sports players. Don't worry, you don't need to know a lot of basketball rules. This game doesn't respect them anyway. Though the simple graphics and lack of music might at first dissuade, wait till you get into the action. You won't know what hit you, literally. Honestly, I'm intrigued to know what my next opponent's court is going to look like and how tough the next match is going to be. And a game that has me hankering for the next round must have something right. Basketball is a game that demands skill, patience, clutch play, and, of course, a sense of humor. Sure, it's not a perfect game, but I do see what one reviewer was talking about in terms of how fun the game is. I gotta say, with much surprise, I agree with him. Mark's review. I gotta say that I have never been much for sports games. And unfortunately, basketball, for me, did not convert me otherwise. Although there are some aspects I found fun about the game, overall my experience with it was one of frustration and boredom. What I like. Well, I like the title music, even though it's only in mono. It's a catchy 1990s-style tune that promised that this game might be fun. And I also like the fact that I could choose from 10 different characters to play with, based on each character's strengths and weaknesses, which is something I would only generally expect from an RPG of the era. Finally, I did like the fact that each game was only 6 minutes in length, rather than the regulation 12 minutes per quarter in a real basketball game. Here's what I don't like. The sound effects for basketball, though adequate, do little to enhance the experience. And that fact becomes even more apparent due to the total lack of music during gameplay. I mean, it would be really cool to hear some pounding 1990s tune being blared from a huge boombox on the court sidelines. I also didn't care for the fact that the game tries too hard to be both a fighting game and an action sports game. Ultimately, it does neither particularly well. Finally, I found the game boring. Once I was able to get a grip on the mechanics and controls, there really wasn't anything else to hold my interest as I progressed from one game to the next, and that made playing each game in basketball, though only six minutes long, seem more like an excruciating 30 minutes to me. So here are my ratings for basketball. Gameplay, two links. Graphics, two links. Controls, two links. Music, three links. Sound effects, two links. And for my overall rating, I award Basketball 2.2 links out of 5. And that's all of the reviews that I have for Basketball. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. with a game, with a basket and a ball. It becomes a journey of heartbreak and hope from city streets to the brink of fame. The amazing story of two boys and two families struggling against the odds. 
my mother, God bless her. She's always sending me to America. You can make something of your life. Against the system. You have to realize you can make their team win. To make a dream come true. All I ever dreamed about was playing in the NBA. Fun facts and trivia. Here are some fun facts and trivia that I found for today's game, Basketball. Prices at online auctions. There were three cart manual combos of basketball sold on eBay over the last 30 days, ranging in price from $7.95 to $9.95, averaging $9.28. Single CIBs on eBay, there were two of them, sold both in the UK with an average price of $18.21. There were also three NIB copies of basketball sold, averaging at $14.96. There was one basketball carton only sold on eBay which went for a flat $8. And there was one lot that included loose carts of basketball, blockout, gauntlet the third encounter, warbirds, clacks, and electrocop that sold for $50. Pricecharting.com gives basketball a value of $8.99 for a loose cartridge, $12.95 for a CIB, and $12.95 for an NIB. On RarityGuide.com, basketball is given a value of $14 for a new inbox copy, $7 for a complete inbox copy, and $3 for a loose cartridge. Prices at other retailers. Bruce at BNC Computer Visions in the U.S. is selling basketball for $7.95 for a pack-in bagged cart manual combo. He's also selling NIB copies of the game for $12.95. You can find them through his online store on eBay under the username MyAtari. At Best Electronics, CIB copies of Basketball are selling for $14.95. Pack-in bagged copies of the carton manual are selling for $12. And loose carts are selling for $9.95. This information was last updated January 7, 2021. So check the Best Electronics website for availability and updated prices. The Gamesman in Australia is selling CIB copies of Basketball for $24.95 Australian. The Goat Store has a new copy of Basketball for $14.94. Telegames in the UK has copies of Basketball for sale for £30, including tax, but they do not specify whether it's a loose cart, a cart manual combo, or a CIB or NIB copy. And finally, Video 61 and Atari Sales is charging $24.95 for a new inbox copy of Basketball. Rarity. Atari Age gives Basketball a rarity score of 3, which is scarce. Scarce cartridges are those that you don't find in every pile, but you will find them often enough. Although you may have trouble tracking down every scarce cartridge initially, you can eventually get them all. Atari Gamer gives Basketball a rarity score of 22 out of 100, which is common. A little harder to find and starting to get some value. Rarity Guide gives a rarity score of 11% out of 100% for basketball. High scores. 
There are no high scores listed for the Atari Lynx Port of Basketball on HighScore.com, although there are plenty of high scores listed for the Atari 7800 version of the game. Likewise, there are no scores listed for the Atari Lynx Port of Basketball on TwinGalaxies.com. And there are no scores listed for the Atari Lynx Port of Basketball on the Atari Age High Score Club, at least that I could find. Such as it is, I did win several games. The highest game I won was on February 17th, 2021, and the game score was 36 to 22. Cheats, hints, and Easter eggs. A full list from Atari Age of all 15 level jump codes for basketball can be found in a link in the show notes, but you really don't need them. The code for level 1-1 is AAAA, for level 1-2 it's BBBB, and so on, all the way up to 0000 for level 5-3. The level cheat page from Atari Age that is linked in the show notes also provides a list of level jump codes that transport the player to the beginning of any level along with the maximum number of power-ups. These codes also allow the player to shoot at the hoop in any level. Also, if you input MJ along with any two numbers at the level code prompt, that will allow you to play cooperatively with a great player, supposedly Michael Jordan. Finally, you can change the pause message in Basketball to any other word by pressing pause at any level code prompt, then pressing the option 1 and option 2 buttons at the same time. I got this to work fine. And that wraps up fun facts and trivia for Basketball on the Atari Lynx. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this podcast promotion. Hi, I'm Marvin Fanortner, and I'm a Victoria's Secret male model. I live a whirlwind life, jetting from Paris to New York to Monte Carlo for modeling engagements. The work is tough and demanding, as there is always a gala fashion show just around the corner. So how do I relieve all the stress and sexual tension that a Victoria's Secret male model lifestyle piles on top of me? I just sit back with a cup of Earl Grey tea, close my eyes, and listen to the Tube Tunes podcast. It helps me realize what's really important in life. So when your hectic life is keeping you from stopping to smell the roses, log on to iTunes and Stitcher and download Tube Tunes, and it will really help you stop and listen to the themes. And believe me, it will take your mind off the drudgery of a beach filled with bikini-clad hardies. I mean it. You should do it. Do it now. It's not hard. Well, it might be. <laughs> wink, wink. Listen to Tube Tunes and just watch that filthy glamour and decadence melt away. Oh, by the way, Cindy Crawford told me that she listens to two tones. You know what her favorite theme song is? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Go figure. Beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. 
If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. Listen to feedback. I got a little bit of listener feedback for this episode, but like Kicks last month, Basketball was not a big Atari release, and it was getting late to the stores, so I'm not surprised at how little I received. Still, here's the feedback that I did get. Facebook comments and messages. After I posted an announcement on the Atari Lynx Handicast Facebook page that episode 14 Kicks was available, I got this comment from Scott Terrell. I tried to track down a copy, but Kicks just keeps getting harder to find. I promptly provided a comment listing several resources for purchasing the game, along with a link to eBay, whereupon Scott posted, Sorry, I was trying to make a joke. And he linked to a YouTube video of Paul Revere and the Raiders singing the song, Kicks. I replied, Good one, Scott. I was completely clueless on that. Need some coffee, smiley face. On the same post, Les Motherby commented, Heart the Handicast. I responded, Thank you, Les. And I love my listeners, too. After I posted the same announcement on the Atari Lynx Sector Facebook page, I got this comment from James Galliotto. Congrats and thank you for the extremely hard work you put into the Handicast. As they say, truly a labor of love. And I responded, thank you so much, James. I do it all for love of the games, but especially for the Lynxsters such as yourself. I appreciate the kind words. Smiley face, thumbs up. After I posted a goofy photo on the Atari Lynx Handicast Facebook page, soliciting feedback for this episode, I got this question from Ralph Tribble. Is it done yet? I responded, not quite. Research is complete. I should finish the script this weekend, then record, edit, and upload the episode during the week of March 1. So you still have time to submit feedback, Ralph. Winky face. Well, I'm already late on that by about a week. On the same post, I received this comment from Scott Rhodes. I did the manuals for both the 7800 and Lynx versions. I had more pages to play with on the 7800 version, so I had fun with character bios, and even managed to sneak my name into the manual. I think the only time I ever did that at Atari. I responded, Amazing. Still stoked that you did most of the Lynx manuals. Were you also involved in writing the poster manuals? Scott replied, Yes, I was. For those, I'd write the copy and suggest the artwork to go along with it. The Bill and Ted poster was especially fun for me. And I commented, just read your interview with the No Swear Gamer on Atari.io. Lots of great stories there. I really enjoyed it. Good job, smiley face. I've posted a link to that interview under the vital statistics section of the show notes. It's definitely worth a read. Reddit comments and messages. Sneedy K on Reddit posted this comment about Kicks. Love Kicks, an all-time arcade classic that worked well on the Atari Lynx. Yes, Sneedy K, for the most part, I would agree with you. Thanks for the comment. Killer Nower on Reddit also posted this about Kicks. This is one of those games I would never have given the time of day if I didn't watch somebody playing it and explain why it's fun. First time I saw it was on the NES, 
but it works much better on the Lynx, in my opinion. Well, I can't compare it to the NES version, as I never played Kicks on that system, but it does seem to port fairly well over to the Lynx. Thank you so much for your comment, Killer Nower. Twitter tweets and messages. The mothership on Twitter replied to my tweet that episode 14 Kicks was available. New episode! Woo! Bill Kendrick posted a comment to the same tweet. Great podcast as usual. One point of clarity, since I heard you calling it the J2ME a few times. J2ME was a mobile phone software platform, not unlike Android and iOS of today. Java 2 Micro Edition is what it stands for. I responded, thanks Bill for the kind words and also for clarity on what J2ME is and was. I'll make sure not to say the in front of it in the future. Cheers, smiley face thumbs up. Bill responded back, clarity, I think I meant clarification. My brain is like completely unplugged today. Yeah, my brain is like that most days, Bill. Instagram comments. Antique Gaming Roadshow on Instagram posted this about clacks, which I covered in episode 12. It is the 20s and there is time for clacks. Well, thank you for your comment about one of my favorites, Antique Gaming Roadshow. Emails. I received one email feedback for Basket Brawl. It is from Eugenio, TrekMD on Twitter. He was unable to get his feedback for last month's game into me on time, so he has incorporated his feedback for it with this month's game. Let's hear what Eugenio has to say about both Kix and Basket Brawl. Kix is one of my favorite arcade games. Though the gameplay is fairly simple, the game does keep me coming back to it as I find it challenging and entertaining. Needless to say, I was quite happy when I saw that there was a port of the game to the Lynx, and it was one of the first games I got for the system when I originally bought my Lynx. I was not disappointed one bit with the game, despite some of the changes made to the game visually. I suppose it made sense to take advantage of the system's ability to create colorful graphics. Instead of solid colors, like on the arcade, the space one draws is filled with colored patterns, depending on whether you draw slowly or fast. This port also changes the music that plays when you beat the kicks, which I think is an improvement over what the arcade does. The sound effects, though, are very faithful to the arcade sounds. This, to me, is a fun game that I recommend for fans of the arcade. Basketball has an interesting concept that combines basketball with street brawls, hence the name. You control your player who has to fight the computer-controlled opponents and deal with punks on the side that throw knives at you. You have to fight to get the ball, and once you do, you go straight to toss it to the hoop. Unfortunately, the game mechanics are not very good for basketball, as you can't jump to dunk the ball or do any other fun basketball moves. On the good side, the game has nice graphics and animation, a cool tune that plays on the title screen, and a variety of basketball courts. Unfortunately, the gameplay isn't as good as it could have been, making this a title to own mainly if you collect for the system. Unfortunate, because it had potential. So that's all for today. Going, Going to, to the, the final, final frontier, frontier, gaming. Eugenio. Well, thank you, Eugenio. I mostly agree with your assessment of kicks. To me, it's a fun pick-up-and-play title that never fails to entertain me, at least for a little while. Basket Brawl, as you can probably guess from my review, is not one that I would play that often. And I agree with the same things you said about the game, too. Lots of missed opportunities at a great Lynx title. I'm really glad you got your feedback in for both games, Eugenio. It's always great to hear from you. Cheers. Audio submissions. I received two audio submissions for Basket Brawl for this episode. The first one was from Bobby Tribble, who combined his thoughts about the game with his assessment of the last game I covered on the Handicast, Kicks. Here's what Bobby had to say. 
Well, you got me. I was too slow in recording an entry for Kicks, so this is going to be a two-in-one with Kicks and Basketball, if that's alright. Uh, both are games that I didn't own in the Lynx heyday, so I have no memory of playing them, and no real impression in my mind coming into this submission. I thought it would be interesting to make an intro before I go into the multi-cart to check them out. Kicks did not appeal to me as a Lynx title in the 90s because the game was already a decade old by that point, and it had already appeared on lots of home systems, uh, so it was kind of old news. I do have memories of seeing the original Kicks arcade cabinet at Chuck E. Cheese in the early 80s. At that time, it stood out as a kind of mysterious game. Let me explain. It, other arcade games had something tangible to think about while you were playing. Shooting invaders from space. Shooting rocks in space. Shooting a centipede. Uh, there are lots of games where you shoot something, but at least with the artwork on the cabinet, you could imagine the story behind it. Kicks just seemed to have lines uh, and capturing territory. Not really characters, though. To me, at least, it seemed a really unique concept for a game. The title screen doesn't attempt any kind of story, just describing the names of the geometric figures, though I never quite understood why it specifically warns against the death spiral in the arcade's attract mode. I've never actually seen that happen in a game. Anyway, so I feel like lines or geometry might not seem like an enthralling game concept, but for a kid in the 80s, it did hold some interest for me. Uh, what is Etch-a-Sketch, but just a line that you make? Spirograph makes intricate patterns out of a line. I enjoyed playing the game Pickup Sticks as a kid. I don't know if any of these things are still popular these days, but it made lines a fair enough concept uh, to me as a game at the time. A couple of other unique things about Kicks, and where else am I going to be able to go on at length about Kicks? Uh, Taito is known for a number of games, such as Bubble Bobble, Arkanoid, Space Invaders, Elevator Action, Operation Wolf, the list goes on. But Title America is its own entity with only a handful of games, and the only real hits being Kicks and Zookeeper. Title Japan would try to get more mileage out of the Kicks name with some arcade and console follow-ups, but I think they never really captured the unique feel of the American original. Um, the other thing that I think about when I hear the name Kicks, I, I think about the way the game was unlikely copied to make the uh, adult arcade game series Gal's Panic by Kaneko. Uh, I don't even know how to get started describing this game, but uh, just putting that out there, it's just so weird to me. Um, so, the other Lynx game uh, in the episode, Basketball, that's a tough one to me because it seems to be a wannabe arch-rivals, which is one of my favorite arcade games from the legendary creators Game Refuge, who also made Rampage. Um, Basketball, from what I can tell, didn't seem to capture any of the style, charm, uh, panache of arch-rivals. From what I can see in magazines like Electronic Gaming Monthly, which I obsessively devoured at the time, it just didn't look that good. <laughs> Somehow, I also didn't like the relatively bland box artwork. Not that it's that important, but the 7800 box art from the great Mitch O'Connell of Slime World is a much better look. No offense to the artist of the Lynx version. It's fine enough. I just 
don't know why it was made. Uh, maybe Atari just didn't like the pool earring? I don't know. So, alright, let's actually go and play the games. I'll be right back with my thoughts. I'm back through the magic of editing. My impression of kicks. Yep, that was kicks. Uh, I don't really know what to say about it. Uh, if you like the arcade game, it's a fair enough version of that game. Uh, I do like that the background of the area that you capture slow is zoomed in to be twice the size of the fast captured playfield, um, as opposed to the arcade which jo just shows red and blue. Uh, the game itself is otherwise generally the arcade, but in a slightly scaled down form, but um, not an amazing feat, all things considered. I do feel like the sparks are a bit harder to see, and the kicks itself doesn't look quite as smooth as it did in the arcade, but that's likely due to the resolution of the links. Uh, I played a handful of games and I got to level 6 with a high score of 91,742. Uh, I give kicks 4 pickup sticks and this game would get in line for lunch. The other game, Basket Brawl, though actually the alternate title of Basketball is growing on me, but um, anyway, my takeaway of Basket Brawl is that the game does what it sets out to do, but doesn't excel in any particular area. It doesn't have any type of memorable graphics other than the funny character selection, and the sound, uh, well, other than the character select music, there is really basic sound here, and that's being generous. However, Basketball is actually better than I expected in some ways. It has some of the fast back-and-forth feel of the actual sport of basketball, which is fun, uh, random weapons strewn about the court, and a really wild feel with no fouls and the ability to just knock out your opponent and make unopposed basket after basket. But my main problem was that I won the first match handily, but was trounced in the second match. There's no dunks, no shot blocking, and no real strategy to the fighting. I just hoped that in the chaos my punches and kicks landed, and likewise hoped my shots went in. I'm guessing there is some strategy to figure out here, but there's just not enough to the game to keep me coming back and figure it out. So I took the shortcut route and went to YouTube and looked up a long play of the game. To my surprise, there are actually different courts, and even an ending. It plays over some of the harshest sounding music I've ever heard to come out of the links. Um, anyway, I won't give away the ending, but it's actually kind of amusing. Um, it's easy enough to look up if you want to see it. Basket Brawl does not really harness the power of the links. No scaling, sound samples, or attempts to create any kind of addictive gameplay. It just combines very basic fighting with very basic basketball elements, and a light sprinkling of 90s attitude, and calls it a day. I give it two technical fouls, and it will not be eating anyone's lunch. Well, thank you for that submission, Bobby. I always appreciate your very thorough reviews of the games I'm covering, even if they aren't ones about which you have any prior experience, including Kicks and Basketball. Yeah, that title grows on me too. Yes, Kix was already an old game when it was ported to the Lynx in 1991, but I agree that it was done admirably for a handheld of that time. Perhaps the Lynx version should be called Kix Lite. However, I do think that four pickup sticks is a fair rating for the game. Also, I must confess that I did not know about the Gal's Panic series of adult arcade games in the mid-1990s that were patterned on the basic gameplay of Kix. I actually had to look that series up on Moby Games. 
Alas, that site had no particularly revealing screenshots from the games. Darn the luck. But thanks just the same for alerting me to that tantalizing bit of trivia about kicks. I didn't know that. About Basket Brawl? Well, I agree with you that Mitch O'Connell's carton cover artwork for the 7800 version of the game would have looked better than what was ultimately used on the Lynx version carton cover art, but I guess there's little we can do about that now. And yes, the graphics, the sound effects, and the gameplay are sadly lacking in the game. And wow, that endgame music, which I also saw on the Basketball playthrough video on YouTube, was screechingly shrill and annoying. Probably just as well neither of us played Basketball well enough to actually finish it. Doing so would have been more a punishment than a reward. In any case, Bobby, I really appreciate that you took the time and effort to submit an audio review of both Kicks and Basketball for this episode. Take care, and I hope to hear from you again soon. And yes, that music means that the second audio submission I received is from veteran audio submitter Shinto of the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast. Here's what Shinto said about his experience with Basket Brawl. My brother and I were at Target in late June 1990, flipping through an issue of GamePro magazine looking for Atari stuff. We were Atari nerds, believe it or not, and we came across a review for an Atari 7800 game called Basket Brawl. We had not heard of this one before. We thought we knew about all of the 7800 games, both current and upcoming, but this was totally new to us. The graphics looked pretty good, too. We had played untold hours of the other basketball game on the 7800 called One-on-One, which is an awesome game. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. We we never got the 7800 game, never saw it in stores, but one day, a couple of years later, my brother brought home Basketball on the Atari Lynx. Didn't even know it was on the Lynx. My brother was a basketball nut. Loved to play it, loved to watch it. He, he's very tall, six foot six, six foot seven, and lanky too, so seemed like the perfect sport for him. Our favorite basketball game in the arcade was Arch Rivals. It was along the left side of Aladdin's Castle as you walk in uh, toward the front, I think four cabinets back. It, weird how easy it is to remember where games were located in our favorite arcades. But I played that with them until they got a new game in called Rim Rockin' Basketball, which was a, a different style of basketball game, but flashier and, if memory serves, more fun. So my brother is always on the lookout for a new basketball video game, as was I to a lesser extent, which explains why he pounced on Basketball for the Lynx. Since he had already gotten a little bit of playtime into the game, I grilled him on it. Does it have any speech? Well, no. Good graphics? It's alright. Music? Pretty good, but not while you're playing. The cartridge itself, the game card, has about the most boring label of any Lynx game, at least any Lynx game we've had up until that point. The game itself? I guess it's alright. The title screen has a neat touch where it's random which guy will get clobbered by a thrown basketball. Playing the game today, I can breeze through the first gang easily enough, but back in the months after my brother bought the game, I I don't remember how far he or I got into it. The third gang, at least, I would think, maybe the fourth. I kind of like the sound effect when you grab a power-up. It's not particularly impressive, but it's a very Link-sounding effect, so I like it. I can't help but compare this game with a 7800 version, which we never actually bought, as I said, but which I had just played in emulation today. The menus and, of course, the music are much better on the Lynx, and the Lynx has more characters available, but Basketball on the 7800 is 
it's not only more impressive given the hardware, but it's much smoother and it gives you more options as well. Six minutes, real life minutes, is far too long on the links. The matches just drag on and on. With the 7800 version, though, I can specify one, two, or three minute matches. That sounds much more reasonable. You can also play two-on-two -two with a computer-controlled teammate on the 7800. Can you even have someone else on your team on the links without another human console and game card? I'm sure we would have played a lot more basketball if we had another copy of the game, but when we got another links and started doubling up on the games, basketball just wasn't high on the list, if it made the list at all. That's not to say that basketball is a terrible game, it's just not a very good one. Between the limited options, the games which run a little too long, the choppy graphics, if you wanted Basketball, I would recommend the 7800 version and pass on the links. Except, of course, in single player, you can't pass on the links. But um, Chink, thanks so much, Shinto, for your feedback about Basketball. Basketball. Thank you very much for your feedback about Basketball. First of all, I see, or hear, rather, that your assessment of the game seems to be right in line with mine. Not a terrible game, just not a very good one. No digitized speech, no in-game music, and only okay graphics, with a clock that seems to run slower with each successive game. Yeah, these are the reasons why I also find the game underwhelming myself. And the most boring Lynx cart label ever? Well, I would say it's a tie between the cart labels for Basketball and Dirty Larry Renegade Cop. Both cart labels have a plain white background with only yellow block lettering. Not imaginative at all. Nonetheless, I gotta say that I really appreciate the personal touches that you include with your feedback, Shinto. Remembering where your favorite game is positioned inside your local arcade, even after 30 plus years. Remembering how your brother at 6'7 was a fanatic, unsurprisingly, about basketball video games. And even remembering how you first heard about the game before its release on the Atari 7800. All of these memories make even feedback about a not-so-good game worth listening to, and I thank you for that. Keep up the fabulous work that you put into the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast, Shinto. Cheers! As always, many, many thanks to everyone who took the time to contribute their thoughts and memories to this episode, either by comments, emails, or audio submissions. I really do appreciate it. Wrapping it up. Well, that completes my coverage of basketball on the Atari Lynx. So, Monty, would you say that this episode of the Handicast has been a slam dunk? Not exactly, Mark. If I'm honest, the term dead ball comes to mind. <sighs> Quiet, Monty. On the next episode of the Handicast, I'll be covering another sports title of sorts for the Lynx, Robo Squash. So please, if you have any feedback for episode 16, Robo Squash, try to get it to me as soon as possible. And future episodes of the Atari Lynx Handicast waiting on the sidelines after Robo Squash are episode 17, Road Blasters, episode 18, World Class Fussball Soccer, episode 19, Tournament Cyberball 2072, Episode 20, Ninja Gaiden, and Episode 21, Robotron 2084, another favorite of mine. So until then, keep, keep on, on linksing. Leaving so soon?
thanks are in order for the Free Music Archive, which allows for the song 8-Bit Core by Tagirigius to be used as the opening and closing theme music for the Atari Lynx Handicast under the Creative Commons license. The Free Music Archive also allows for the following songs and artists to be used in this episode. Cultures, Disruptor, Dynasty Dub, Shanking It Easy Dub, Solstice Shockout, and Triumphant Dub, all by Shaolin Dub. I would also like to thank Ferg of the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, Shinto of the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast, and Zerbi of the many Zerbinator Land podcasts, including the excellent Please Stand By podcast. The help and inspiration that Ferg, Shinto, and Zerbi have provided in my brief podcasting experience are invaluable to me, and I really appreciate it. Finally, I would also like to give my heartfelt thanks to my beautiful wife, Lizzie. She has put up with me and with this strange podcasting thing with the patience of a saint, and I could never fully repay her, but I will definitely try. Nudge, nudge, snap, snap, grin, grin, wink, wink, sign them all. The Atari Lynx Handycast is a proud partner with AtariGamer.com. If you are looking for the latest Lynx news, interesting Lynx articles, a full list of Atari Lynx games, and a one-stop compendium of all things Atari Lynx, you can't do any better than visiting AtariGamer.com. Tell them Monkey sent you. The Atari Lynx Handycast is also a proud member of the Throwback Network. You can listen to all of the great retro-themed podcasts on the network, including this one, by visiting throwbackreviews.com. Just click on the podcast's link in the top menu. Episodes of the Atari Lynx Handycast can be found on Apple Podcasts. Please take time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that other interested listeners can easily find the Handycast. In addition to Apple Podcasts, the Atari Lynx Handycast can be found everywhere that podcasts are sold, including Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. Be sure to check out the Atari Lynx Handycast website. All of the episodes can be found there, including show notes and a list of upcoming episodes. You can even purchase Handycast-themed merchandise such as mugs, mouse pads, t-shirts, and tote bags. They're all in the handy shop on the Handycast website at atarilinkshandycast.net. And also don't forget to visit the Handycast blog page at atarilinkshandycast.blogspot.com. Also, you can follow the Atari Lynx Handycast on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash Atari Lynx Handycast. Plus, you can also follow the Atari Lynx Handycast on Twitter and on Instagram. Just search on both platforms for Lynx Handycast. And Reddit users can find the Handycast at reddit.com slash users slash Atari Lynx Handycast. Finally, you can send Mark Little an email and let him know what you think about any episodes of the Atari Lynx Handycast. Or you can provide your own feedback about any Atari Lynx games. 
You can even suggest future topics or possible interview subjects for future episodes. Or you can just simply say, hi. Just write to him at mark at atarialinkshandicast.net. Thank you for listening. This is Montague Habisham wishing you all a jolly good evening. Until then, let's go ahead and dribble right into today at the bottom center of this carton. At the bottom <laughs> is printed Importatutu Importatu The background of the basketball <laughs> beneath this paragraph and on through to most of page two are getting in are getting in <laughs> and to and he designed Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius in 2002 for the GameCube. <laughs> GameCube. Special thanks were given in the credits for Basketball. Special thanks were given in the credits of... Bra- <laughs> Beneath these attributes... Huh. The title music continues to cycle through the player... The, t- the yellow arrow is pointing at the... The yellow arrow is pointing down at the... Run. Mm. The phrase shown seems to be chosen. Rammed. The phrase shown. Extra bonus points. There are ten ponets. There are ten ponets. Followed by the. Followed by a breakdown of the points you've earned in the point bonus, extra bonus, level bonus, and brawl bonus. And brawl bonus. <clears throat> Let's do that whole sentence again. There are no high scores listed on. There are no high scores. I received one email feedback from. I received one email feedback for. The Atari Lynx Handicast is made possible by a grant from the Telesearch Group and by the generous support of listeners like you. Thank you.